0: this is hope
1: this is kareem
0: hi this is katie from washington dc and you're listening to no meat athlete radio hello everyone you're listening to episode 137 of no meat athlete radio i'm matt frazier joined by doug hay and we are excited to be doing a fun episode today we're talking about how to stay on track with your habits. How to not get knocked off like so many of us do when we go on vacations, or relatives come to visit, or whatever unexpected thing happens. Uh, so I like this topic. I'm excited to talk about this, Doug, and I think we have some good, useful tips on it.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it's good to be back together. You just got back from your trip to Florida.
0: Yes, I went to Florida. That's actually what kind of inspired this uh, this podcast because we were we were there traveling and stayed in like four different places visiting people I should actually give a shout out to our friends um Evelise and Sig who run a company called Food Pharmacy in Sarasota. Uh, Evelise is a pharmacist actually and and she has kind of transferred that um you know that knowledge mindset into away from pharmaceuticals into food and giving people food as medicine. Interesting. Um yeah, so they're doing some really great things for the Sarasota community bringing veganism there. So we stayed with them for a few days. We stayed with my dad in his motorhome for a few days, and we stayed in hotels for a few days. So we were kind of all over the place. Didn't have any sort of real set kitchen or schedule, and uh, food was was a challenge. But it was one of those things where we've just gotten to the point we've done this enough that it became pretty easy. And I wanted to—we've done the, the how to travel as a vegan episode, so we didn't want to redo that. Right. But um, we want to speak more generally about how do you how do you in general adapt habits when when things you know aren't aren't quite as easy as they are at home. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that first, of Doug. I have a surprise that I actually didn't tell you about yet. Oh, I like surprises. We have received some sort of major award. Came oh. in, the radio, in the radio, came in the mail, air mail, actually, there was a stick on the airmail. mail. Said, <laughs> said, do not bend. So the oh, postman right had, to, had to bring it right to my door. It's a Mixed Cloud Online Radio Awards 2015 presented to Nomad Athlete Radio for being a nominee in the category of Best Online Talk Radio Show in Lifestyle and Health. Right so on. So we didn't actually win an award, but we got an got award nominated. for being nominated. Yes. So don't they, they, the,
1: don't they say that being nominated is better than actually winning?
0: Do they? I, I've never. I heard No, because
1: then like take, you don't have to say an acceptance speech. Right. So we were saying... just able
0: to go to the show and <laughs> yeah, relax. Exactly. And, and
1: yes. Well, I feel honored. Thank you, um, Cloud Radio. Thank you,
0: Mix Cloud. Mix Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say this is suitable for framing. <laughs> we, we may actually frame this. Yeah. Uh, yes. So cool to get that. All right, so I've got a story to start us off. Um, like I just shared with you an apple banana, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, a, the, you'll hear more about this when we talk about the, the great fruits they have in Florida. Um, but apple bananas are these little... They look like half-sized bananas. They're actually even smaller than that. Uh, otherwise look exactly like bananas. You're supposed to wait till they are fully ripe. Uh, they look like, you know, sp- the way you would look at a spotted banana, and some people would say that's that's too mushy now. So you're supposed to wait till they're that far, and when you do... They taste like a mix of apples and bananas. They they have the, the goodness of a banana, but the kind of tartness, I don't know, roundness or something of, of a good apple, and it just is a delicious fruit. A
1: green apple? Uh yeah, I would say a green apple. Well I think of I think of tartness and apples being mostly with the green apple.
0: Yeah, you're right. So I'm thinking of the banana providing the sweetness here and the tartness coming from the apple. But but yeah, something like that. Very cool. So we we went to a fruit market in Florida and this is this is where we eventually got with the food situation was like we're just going to get lots of really good fruit here. Went to this fruit market because of course it's a more tropical climate, lots of stuff is in season there. Uh and in fact these these apple bananas come from Colombia, so it's not like they're grown in Florida, but I guess because of the community there they they buy these um anyway, we had them and got them at one fruit market where otherwise the market was sort of disappointing. Didn't have what we wanted. But we got these, and we ate them in the car, and we couldn't stop eating them in the car. We ate like a whole bunch of them in the car, my family. <laughs> and they were delicious, and we were like, this is awesome. Did you the- know what it was? Or did you think yes. it was going to be small? Yes, had recommended it to okay. us. and said, get these, get them really ripe. They're delicious. So we did that, and we're like, this is really cool. It's like a mix of two fruits. So we go to another fruit market because they didn't have everything we wanted. And when I was there, I found these things called graples. And it's it's... <laughs> comes what? comes in a four-pack, looks like the word grapple, uh, uh-huh. G-R-A-P-P-L-E, and it says, looks like an apple, tastes like a grape. No. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we just had one fruit mix that was delicious, I'm going to get this one too. So I got it, brought it home, um, we cut one open, and I actually shared it with the people I was with, Evelise and her kids, who are very, very into healthy eating. I mean, more more clean eaters than than we are, I think, they're just very, very particular about I'm not in a bad way, but just, you know, where the stuff comes from, even if this was... Well, let me... I don't want to ruin the story. Anyway, so I, we opened it up, and we we're like, this is amazingly grape-like. It tastes like grape soda, or grape candy, or something... Like, it just... Not even like a typical grape. Yeah, okay. So, we ate it. It smelled fragrant like that. You know, like like markers that are scented like fruits? It uh-huh. tasted and smelled like you would think that. that when you flavor. cut
1: it open, did it look like a regular apple?
0: Yeah. Totally looked normal. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we ate it, we were sharing it with our kids, we were saying, this is this is really cool. And I looked it up online to figure out what, I don't know, just what it was. about it. Yeah. yeah. So here's what Wikipedia says about grapels. <laughs> Grapel is a registered brand name for a commercially marketed brand of Fuji or Gala Apple that has been soaked in a solution of methyl anthranilate and water in an attempt to make the flesh taste <laughs> like a Concord grape. <laughs> <laughs> so it's soaked in this? It's just soaked in this chemical. Uh... And... We we were giving it out as if it was this cool thing <laughs> to these really healthy people and their kids and, and oh them. my gosh so eventually we, we were we had eaten three apples you know under the impre- like within an hour under this impression and uh, and then just threw out the fourth one because we didn't we did didn't you
1: <laughs> did you look it up with them yeah and you were like yeah, oh yeah. like <laughs> as so we were eating oh yeah. that's hilarious that so, is so funny.
0: Yeah, so grapele's I do not recommend, but apple banana's highly recommend. So Are you sure that the apple banana is uh... I'm I'm not really sure that it is, but because it was recommended, I, I believe it is a. right. Yeah. So it might be some kind of mix of like a you know, hybrid of fruits, which the grapele is not, even though the name kind of implies that it is because the name is a a mix. Um so what I was going to say was that, you know, maybe even someone who's who's super particular about their food wouldn't even do the fruit hybrid thing because GMO or who knows what. And I don't even know if they're that. I have no idea. But anyway, that's my that's my fun Florida fruit story.
1: I, I like that story. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing it. That's, that's
0: really funny. All right. So um, we're going to get into our topic in just one minute. I do have one more th- – actually, two more things to tell you about, but I'm going to group them together. We are talking about travel. Uh, it's springtime. This was actually a spring break trip for us because my son was on spring break. So – it you know just thinking about travel that's what inspired this episode. Um, that though made me want to mention two things I'll be doing two live events. I as you probably know I don't do that many live events. Um, I just I really don't like traveling that much. I mean, I love traveling around. I don't like traveling away from my family by myself, leaving them. It's not not that much fun for me. So I I have gotten choosier than than my my stature you know should make me for events like this. Right, I, <laughs> I should be saying yes to everything. <laughs> But, oh i see okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not like i'm I, this isn't me saying i'm i'm so sought after as a speaker that i just have my pick and i only do two events a year right it's me saying i just really don't like going away from my family so i don't do many of these things uh, unless they're really cool like the Marshall health fest was last year um so this year I've i've chosen a few and the ones that i'll be doing these are both in june uh, one is called the Remedy Food Project. It's June seventeenth through nineteenth. Um, that features a, an amazing lineup of speakers. Uh, I'm just going to read a few of them here. It's it is the best speaker lineup I've ever been a part of. Um, I am I am by far the worst person on this speaker list. Um, that's that's how good it is. <laughs> Hang on, sorry. I'm... I, don't, I don't
1: know. I don't know if that says much. Just kidding, of course. <laughs> We got nominated for, are you going to, when they announce you, are you going to say that you were a nominee for a podcast award?
0: I don't know. He worked that into my intro. Yeah. So it's Dr. T. Colin Campbell, author of The China Study and Whole. Dr. Garth Davis, proteinaholic author who we had on. Chef AJ, who's also been on our podcast. uh, Dr. Tom Campbell, son of Colin Campbell. Richard Oppenlander. Caldwell Esselstyn, Jr., who many people know from Forks Over Knives. Robert Osfeld, who's a vegan cardiologist, Michael Greger, of course, recently on our podcast and author of the New York Times bestseller How Not to Die, uh, Jane Esselstyn, Lindsey Nixon, who's the cook behind Happy Herbivore, there's me, Matt Fraser, uh, Doug McNish, Doug Lyle, Brenda Davis, John Pierre, Jason Roble. So, a ton of really good people. Um, you know, it, it's a great, great lineup. It's in Toronto, Canada, which is be my first time going there, uh, and there's all kinds of great stuff and food and all sorts of good things. Also, if you do decide to attend this event and you use my code NOMEATATHLETE, all one word, when you sign up, you will save 20% off the ticket price, which is actually a quite a healthy chunk of change. Uh, and if you do that, we've also got some bonuses for you. So if you do that and if you use my code, please get in touch, Matt at matt.nomeatathlete.com and let me know that you signed up. And if you do, uh, I'll give you a copy of my Wake Up 31 Day program because that's kind of related to what I'll be talking about, which is actually what I mentioned in the last episode, this idea of of chasing after big goals and and putting in place the habits to make them happen. It's going to be one of the very last talks of the event, so the, the point will be more on how do we now take all this information from all these other great speakers and go home, synthesize it, and implement it into actually making real changes. So Very cool. Yeah, so the Wake Up book uh, and audiobook version, which I've also made, will come with that. Does that make you the key keynote speaker of it the event? It absolutely does not. 100% <laughs> does not. Probably makes me the opposite of the keynote speaker. Um, and also, you will get some videos of past talks from this event, which is themselves sell for like 100 bucks for the, for the package of them. So um, all kinds of good stuff there. And then I'll also be doing a meetup there with the Toronto No Meat Athlete group, so if you go join through my code, I will be sure to keep you abreast of where and when that will be so that we can hang out in person. Uh, The other thing, really quick, is a vegan running retreat at the Stanford Inn with our friend Sid Garza-Hillman, who's been on the podcast fairly recently and will be again soon to talk about our new meal planning product. This vegan running retreat at the Stanford Inn, which is the country's only vegan eco-resort Uh, Is June 20th to 24th, so I'll be flying from Toronto right out there to California for this. It's at the Stanford Inn, which is a wonderful place, and included in the vegan running retreat is a four-night stay, breakfast, dinners, eight runs with me and Sid. i got to get in shape for that. Uh, (laughs) Healthy living class with Sid, a running talk with me, three private yoga classes, a welcome gift, and all taxes and gratuities. Also, if you mention No Meat Athlete there, you will get a 10% discount on that. So really, really good offer. Uh, you know, it depends. If you want to come to the one with lots of really great, illustrious speakers in this vegan community, come to the Remedy Food in Toronto. Uh, I should have given a URL for that one. That one's at remedyfood.org. Uh if instead you're looking for a little more intimate situation with me and Sid Garza Hillman, then the Stanford Inn Vegan Running Retreat. If you just Google Stanford Inn, that's I'm saying it that way because that's how it's spelled, Stanford. Um, stanfordinn.com or just Stanford in Vegan Running Retreats, you will find it. Uh, So that's what I got. Thank you for listening to our little advertising section there. And let's get into the topic. Let's do it. Okay. So, um, as I said, we we had this food situation in Florida. We were just in our car. We didn't really have any sort of permanent hotel situation. And we had to deal with the problem. We had to figure out how to do it. What made it even worse was that we went uh, on... It was Easter Sunday, it turned out, on the day we went out to the grocery store to get... Food. Our first day in Florida was we were in the motorhome with my dad, and we said, let's go get some food so we can eat. Turned out a lot of the grocery stores were closed because it was Easter Sunday. So we ended up going to a Winn-Dixie, which uh, is is not a health food grocery store, (laughs) it turns out. I haven't been to (laughs)
1: Winn-Dixie in a long time.
0: I think I didn't go there planning to get tofu, but I noticed that there was no section where you would even get that. Like, they didn't have that. No tofu at all? I I don't think so. I I could be wrong. I don't want to be slandering Winn-Dixie here. but thought everyone had tofu now. Yeah, and like hummus, again. I thought everyone had hummus too because that wasn't on my list. Couldn't find that. Wow. So there was very little at the store for us. Um, again, I, I don't know for a fact that these weren't there. So, if, I bet they had grapples. They probably did have <laughs> grapples. I would not be surprised if they had grapples. Uh, anyway, we made it work. I'll talk a little bit about that when we get to uh, this sort of section. But I've got kind of three main guidelines for for how to how to deal with this how do you prevent healthy habits from from going off the rails when when the situation changes when you know the environment that you have kind of created to make your habits easier which is definitely a a good tip to do engineer the environment around you so that doing the habits uh is is kind of the default and the easy thing Uh, when that's gone though when you're in a new place or when you know people come to visit when your routine is thrown off how do you prevent the habits from being thrown off so I've got three tips here. You know, I th- I think maybe at, at first listen, it'll sound like, you know, they're sort of obvious and general advice, but uh, they're really I really do believe these are powerful things. They're things that I only really learned in the past three years or so, two of them actually from Leo from Zen Habits, who's kind of the habit master in my world. Um, so anyway, the, the first one is, this is one of the most important things you can do. And this is something that I have never done until I learned this. And that's to actually anticipate you know, when and where these habits are going to have these, the failure points. So when you're setting out to do something new, uh, the example that, that has come up so many times in my life is meditation. Uh, let's say you're trying to create this meditation habit you say, I'm going to meditate 30 minutes a day and I'm going to do it in this spare room we have. That is my, you know, can make my private spot where the kids aren't going to interrupt me. No one comes in there. That's where I'm going to do it. Well, it turns out in most houses, that is also the guest room. So <laughs> every time I've done this, you know, someone comes to visit, and that's when the habit gets thrown off track. No matter how solidified I think it is, because when that environment is going, and, and you know, meditation is one of those things where they do say go in the same place every time, make that your your sort of sacred space, and you don't really do anything else there except for meditation. Um, you know, it, when people come and I hadn't prepared for it, then then the habit really didn't have any chance of of surviving through that week or so. Right. So, one of the very best things you can do when you create any new habit is when you're creating a habit plan, and you should actually write down a plan, have a little calendar where you can check things off, uh, be doing a weekly check-in with with yourself and say, did I do things? What went wrong this week? What can I change next week? When you're creating this plan, though, take the time to actually brainstorm a bunch of ideas, like when will this potentially fail? What could potentially go wrong here? Uh, if it's an eating thing, like, you know, think about the situation at work when you get held in there two hours later, and, you know, it's you're starving and you're just getting out of work, what are you going to have on hand to make sure that you don't go get the fast food or, you know, whatever other terrible thing you might eat? So that's the first thing is just knowing that there are going to be situations and figuring out what those situations are going to be and then figuring out some sort of plan. It doesn't have to be a really detailed thing, but having some sort of, you know, just an idea of what is going to change when this situation comes up. So in my case, if it was the meditation thing, you know, have a backup room in mind or a, a plan for carving out 30 minutes in your own room or in a different place when someone's here um, j- just so that you can still do it. And, and same goes for food, same goes for running. Just being aware that there are going to be problems that crop up, uh, that's that's the really first step to this keeping your habits on track.
1: Yeah, I like, that. I like that a lot because I think that most of the time when someone sets out to, to create a new habit like meditation or, or a regular running routine or something like that, they they only think about the the easy part right and the the next few weeks they can mentally prepare for the next few weeks and and kind of wrap their head around what that new routine or that new habit will look like but as soon as it gets hard as soon as someone arrives or as soon as the weather turns bad and and you don't want to run anymore um then you you have no plan you have no no form of execution for that so thinking through making that plan ahead of time coming up with with ways to at least with running with ways to Get your workout in anyway, so either going to the gym or doing a different type of workout if you if the weather is bad and you don't want to go outside. Um and just having that backup plan I think is is really important and and a good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's I think it makes sense for people when they're starting a new habit, you know, you really should focus on what's gonna be the the typical normal day in the normal environment. Right? Like that that's what you do need to wrap your head around. And I think to, to try to wrap your head around too much else, um, is, is crazy, right? We talk about taking small steps and limiting the barriers to making this habit get started. So I'm not saying, you know, this should become a thing that you procrastinate on that you need to, you keep saying, well, I got to come up with all my contingency plans. So I'm not going to start until I do that. I mean, by no means do I mean that. But I think just when we, when we start new habits, we, we get so focused on this current situation that we really just forget that it's there are going to be times when it's not this, and we think about this ideal situation we think about ourselves doing this thing every day religiously, but we don't think about well what happens when we travel and what happens when someone comes to visit so just thinking about them, I'm not saying you need to spend a lot of time, but just understanding what they're gonna be and just having a plan before it happens so like for me if if when the guest arrives in my house and it's that you know if if I don't think about it until it's time to go do meditation. And at that point, it's like, well, damn it, there's someone in my spot where I'm going to do this, then then it's very likely to fail that day. Then it's likely to not happen at all just because, you know, I waited until the last minute. If just a little, you know, five minutes or one minute of thought had gone into it the day before saying, that's going to mess up this, what can I do instead? I think it makes you so much more likely to stick to it. Yeah. So that's that's number one. Number two is kind of a two-sided thing, and that is to be flexible in, in what, you know what's acceptable as continuing your habit, but don't just do nothing. So, when I say be flexible, one of the things we've we've sort of implied here is that is that you need to keep your habit up every single day. And I said I said find thirty minutes you know to go do it in a different room. Um, that's that's kind of misspeaking because I think it let's if if thirty minutes was the standard meditation session or the standard run or standard whatever. I don't think you need to do thirty minutes when you're now in this strange situation. We talked to Leo. I think this might have been in the academy last summer uh, when he was in Italy with his family, and he was talking about. I think he was talking himself about doing meditation, and he said it was really hard because they were they were traveling. He was in Italy then, but they were traveling throughout Europe for an entire month. Um. So he had to he had to do it, and what he said I think he, that he had to do was like I think he said either two or five minutes. He typically did thirty minutes at home. He said, if he could do two or five minutes, that was acceptable to him as as a win while he was away in in Europe. So, and that means every day. So, so the the point mm-hmm. is, be like understand that when the situation is is different than your typical thing, because that's not an everyday, because that's not the most of the time, then it's totally fine if you're if you don't get in the same quality of of experience of that habit when you're away. Like it's okay if if you do extremely less, right he's he's talking about doing five minutes or two minutes instead of 30 minutes right totally okay uh if it's if you're i don't know if you're going to the gym and you're which is something we've been doing routinely uh you're doing that consistently you're lifting heavy weights you're doing maybe special equipment that you can't get elsewhere if instead you can carve out on your trip each day i don't know 10 minutes to do push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups or i guess pull-ups would be hard but sit-ups you know and then and then maybe a you know five minute run you're doing something that that is extremely, you know, way less effective than than the typical workout you would otherwise do. But the important here part here is that you're not doing nothing. Right. Because it's really easy to make the choice and just say, "Well, I'm not going to do anything." Or "While I'm on vacation, like yes, I eat really healthily at home, but since I'm on vacation or since I'm away from my house, I'm just going to eat vegan junk food the entire time. I'm going to just, you know, not even care at all what I eat because I'm I'm on vacation and when I get back home, I'm going to go back to normal." That's a huge mistake. You don't want to. You don't want to do nothing. Be flexible. Understand that you're not going to get the same experience you do at home, um, and probably be more flexible than most people let themselves be. But don't do nothing each day. If it's a sort of daily like habit, just fun, do something. Do the five minutes instead of thirty, or take a walk instead of a run. If there's nowhere to run, whatever. Just get something in, uh, so that you keep that continuity up.
1: What about? You know, so we're using the example of, of traveling. And being on vacation or, or family arriving. What about when work is just really busy and your schedule just feels overwhelming, and um, and you just don't feel like you have time for it. What what I've what I worry about is when people say, okay, well, I'm giving myself this week since it's so busy, I'm giving myself the excuse to only do five minutes a day. But then the next week you still feel busy, and and you've already kind of adjusted your habit to just the five minutes a day. Like, how do you come back from that? You know, uh,
0: I don't know. I mean, I I think. I think honestly, if you kept that five minutes a day, you'd you'd be okay. I mean, I don't think anyone is in danger of doing that their entire life. Maybe someone is, <laughs> um, but no, I don't know. That's a that's a valid question. I don't have an answer. Um, but you know, I is your is your life that busy that that you can't do more than five minutes a day for for more than two or three weeks at a time? And if it is, then I mean, I think you need to reexamine. right i mean really it's not 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 to not i don't know not not to like be insensitive but this stuff is a priority you've decided it's a priority for you if if suddenly work is so busy that for an entire month you can't do more than five minutes of something that you used to do an hour of or 30 minutes of then then there's something wrong with your work and and i mean unless that work has now become your number one priority in which case fine then then do that and do everything else for five minutes but i don't know no patience for that, Doug. I don't I don't like that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um okay. So so that's what I have and, and my example there, what we did uh, of because of, I didn't really anticipate this. Well I guess you know what I guess we did. Because when we when we go on trips, we're so used to it that it doesn't even feel like anticipating. But my wife, bless her soul, makes tons of peanut butter sandwiches. What we do is get or almond butter sandwiches, get a loaf of Ezekiel bread at the store, let it thaw, let it get nice and warm. Or, you know, room temperature. and Because it's frozen. It's frozen, yes. Yeah. That, you Did know. you say frozen? No, I, don't, I think I just said let it thaw. Yeah, okay. All right. So that, that's a good clarification, right? This bread is frozen because it's sprouted green bread. That we're that much of food snobs that we can't even do regular bread anymore. <laughs> um, but so we get that. Very healthy. I mean, even if you ate only Ezekiel bread, you know, you, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not, it's not a terrible food by any means so she we get a whole thing of that make peanut butter sandwiches out of each slice in there and then put them back in the bag so it looks like you have a whole loaf of ezekiel bread but they're but each one is peanut butter in between there's almond butter in between yeah so they're they're a sandwich and wow and the kids will each eat two or three of these things on the way on an eight hour trip and we're used to eight hour trips because when we drive up to maryland they're always eight hour trips so the kids will eat a bunch of them. I'll eat a bunch of them. Erin won't eat all that many of them. She'll probably have some fruits and things like that. <laughs> but we will go through some of these almond butter sandwiches. So that that's the anticipation, right? We're going to be hungry in this car. We know there aren't a lot of vegan restaurants on the road. We know there are a few. Right? Chipotle usually works mm-hmm. or always works but isn't isn't maybe the healthiest choice, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, so there's that. But we know there aren't going to be stops. We can't just go to McDonald's or Burger King at every exit like a normal family might. Right, uh, so the anticipation is you plan all that, you bring some fruits, you bring some water bottles and and we can do this, and what one of the nice things is that we end up not really stopping much at all and and our kids have have kind of um acclimated to that, and they're they are pretty cool for a long car ride
1: yeah that the packing the lunch has revolutionized. Uh, road tripping for, for me since I've gone, I mean like so much so I, I can get places so much faster because I'm not tempted to stop all the time <laughs> right. and and it takes out all the stress of the trying to find a place to eat and, and then settling for, you know, something that is just not good at all and it makes you feel miserable and, and disgusting for the next rest, several hours of your car ride.
0: Yeah. That, that's an example. A lot of people ask about like the inconvenience of this diet and people have probably heard me mention this before, but, uh, I think the inconvenience of it becomes like a huge asset that you can't like if, if your friends are meeting out at the bar to watch basketball and, and you know they're gonna eat wings or whatever while they're there and you know that there's just no, nothing at this bar for you, maybe French fries, but most people at this point are not settling for that. Then you have you anticipate and you make something at home or you eat something at home and when you do that, I mean, it's almost automatically healthier than whatever you would get at that restaurant. Sure. So yes, inconvenient because you can't get this stuff out anywhere you want. But just like a road trip, inconvenient there because you don't at every exit have options to eat. So you have to plan ahead, and then this inconvenience becomes you know a, a huge asset because no one plans to eat junky fast food if they're taking the time to plan for it. They actually make something good and bring it along. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So we did step one there. I guess, I guess we clearly did step one. I don't know why I said that we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because we're just so used to it. Um, the be flexible but don't do nothing. So we, as I mentioned, we were in this motorhome. We had a, a Win dixie to choose from. But one of the things I've noticed is that when, when and I think we mentioned this, when you are on one of these road trips and, and your only real easy choices for car food are like fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds for trail mix, and, and there's really not much else. Like, that ends up being a super healthy diet. you can eat if you can eat raw fruits, raw vegetables, raw nuts and seeds I mean that's that's pretty good stuff. I'm not saying you should I mean, you could live on that. I'm not saying that that's the ideal diet. There are plenty of people who who do who who omit the nuts even and just eat fruits and vegetables raw and are fine but i'm not I'm not here to talk about whether or not that's good uh, but for a few days, I think most people's diet would benefit from a, a few days of just eating fruits, vegetables and raw nuts and seeds. so you end up doing that uh and and it works out really well so that's pretty much what we did i couldn't really find any good raw nut trail mixes like we like to eat uh you can you can of course get roasted almonds I and mean, listen all this food snobbery that way i'm not even not even roasted almonds are good enough for me anymore <laughs> but what i did at this store was i found bulk cashews in little plastic containers found some walnuts for those good omega-3s in there also raw combine them with some tart cherries that i found on the shelves they were not raw uh, they in fact were sweetened with some sort of cane juice or something, but what are you gonna do? And made this giant gallon size gallon size bag of trail mix that was mostly raw with some tart cherries in there, and we just housed that bag over the course of this <laughs> trip. It was full, and I was like, "There's no way we're gonna eat that." And we we got through almost the entire bag, so that was that was a win for me. Along with that, we bought some pre cut. Watermelon, because here we're in this motorhome with a very little food prep ability. So we got some watermelon, got some cantaloupe, got a salad in a in one of those clamshells that I typically don't do. Just got a little lemon to squeeze on it. We grilled some mushrooms, onions, and asparagus, uh and, and put the mushrooms on the salad. Had a really, really nice dinner. All we had was the use of this grill. Uh with very little utensils, very little for food prep. And it all worked out really great. It was a good meal. And tea, I found some Amy's frozen burritos, those vegan kind, Ooh. in this Winn-Dixie when I had, had completely lost hope on them of having anything good for me in the frozen section. There, there weren't even veggie burgers. There was no veggie burger in this what? whole place. Nothing. I cannot believe that. And I looked hard. But but then I found this at the end, this little oasis of Amy's stuff, and got like six of those, whatever they are, dairy-free, black bean, pinto bean burritos. Yep. And they were delicious because the motorhome did have a microwave, so we ate probably six of those over the course of three days. <laughs> Not each, but with the family did. Um, so that was that was of course key. Uh, but you know that that's how we shop. That that in, in a situation where there's very little in the way of food preparation or or you know I guess in this case we had the grill and the fire, which you don't always have in every tight spot. But even if we hadn't had the mushrooms, the onion on the grill. Or even the Amy's Burritos. I mean, the the trail mix and the fruit and the salad and the clam shell with lemon juice on it, like, yes, it's not the most gourmet food by any stretch, but we're kind of used to eating that way, and, and it, it works. It's really not that hard to eat vegan and healthy vegan, whole food vegan on the road if you're willing to just eat that kind of stuff. Like, if you don't need a classic meal in front of you, and you can just eat snacks like that, then, I mean, it's really not that hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the same can be said for, for squeezing in a run when you're traveling even if all you can do is, you know, wake up early and hit the the hotel's treadmill uh, for twenty minutes or, or something like that, or, or um, you know, if you if you while you're traveling or while you're driving, if you have to if you have to take a stop at the rest stop and just kind of get out and do some exercises and, and something like that at, at the rest stop, you know, those little types of adjustments that might not be your regular schedule, but you're at least doing something, and in are working your body and you you'll definitely feel better afterwards
0: we have a full episode about whether or not to run on vacation don't we we do and were you of the of the mind that you should run on vacation yes i'm guessing you would be right i was um do you did you have anything from there anything that would be applicable here uh as far as good advice for running on vacation that that would fit into the be flexible but don't do nothing category
1: um just that, just just that, you know that that you might not be able to stick to your your training plan or your regular routine, uh, but but being you know taking advantage of of the new town or new city or wherever you are and use it as an opportunity to to explore and have some a little bit of fun with the run. So you might not get the exact same workout, but but be okay with that and be uh, embrace the the new experience and, and the new place where you are. Um, For example,
0: if it's like if you're supposed to do an interval workout or a tempo run or something. Go do this fart workout that you've talked about recently in the yeah. in MMA Academy, where you said you were like, would you run until you saw a certain colored cars or something? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, go out, do a run, warm up for five or 10 minutes or whatever, takes you at an easy pace, and then start just playing like a kid would and say, I'm going to run to that light post, or I'm going to yeah. wait till this many white cars pass me, or whatever. And I think, like, it, yes, it's not the exact same workout. Mm-hmm. But it's probably ninety five percent as good as that, especially when compared to the alternative of doing of not, completely nothing. nothing. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, I, there's there's really, I don't want to say there's no excuse because I'm not trying to to you know be a drill sergeant here and say you <laughs> have to run all the time. But the excuse of I can't do my normal thing, so I'm not going to do anything is it's just not valid, right? You can do something else. You can get ninety percent of the results of that, uh, and probably have more fun because you're you're in a new situation you're, doing something yeah. different. And that actually brings me into the, the third step here to, to preventing your habits from going off track when when your normal situation isn't, isn't happening. Uh, and that's to make the best of whatever the situation is. So when we're talking about running and taking the opportunity to introduce some variety into your plan and your life maybe, uh, go do this crazy different kind of run, right? They say that people fall into this rut, right, of driving to work the exact same way every day. And that it's a really nice mental thing to do to go a different way to work. Like not, not because you're consciously going to enjoy it, but it's just good for your brain to not do the same rut over and over again. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking about here. Go do some fart like workout that is who knows how it is for your training, but it's different <laughs> and it's fun and I mean it yeah. It's just nice to be a kid and have fun and, and do different stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I love travelling or or just any time that uh, that your routine is is shaken up, um, I, you know. I love kind of embracing that and and using that to to mix up your routine, to do something a little bit different, to reenergize your your running a bit. And you know, maybe you can't squeeze in the fifteen mile long run that you have on your plan, but if you can, uh, if you have time to do two one hour runs, you know, do a morning and an evening run, something that you might not normally do at home, um, but just to kind of try something new and embrace it and 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 enjoy the the break up in your routine.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think while you're tra- while you're traveling it's just such an easy even if you're not going to change the type of workout you do, you're just in a new place. And if you just plan a different plan a route or or go figure one out on your own that isn't planned safely of course. Um but you're just in a new place, right? I mean you, you by just going out and running, you were making the best of this new situation even if it's not an ideal environment for running. It's something new, so I think if you go at it with this sense of kind of curiosity and just enjoying being in a new place, then you you were kind of automatically making the best of of the situation
1: I also, I also think on that note, I also think it's a great opportunity to to try different sports and different activities you know if uh, if you're at the beach or, uh, or something and and you can have like a do a swim workout in the ocean or um, or run a kayak and spend the day kayaking instead of instead of running. It or might stand not be up the, paddleboard. stand up paddleboarding stand up paddleboarding. Supping, yeah, I'm all Not about fun. the stand up paddleboard, you know, or or like uh, Katie and I are headed out to California in a couple of weeks and, and we're riding bikes and and doing things like that. Um, you know, and it'll be a mix, it'll it will shake up our routine a little bit and and kind of offer some some fun new things to still be active but that aren't exactly running,
0: yeah, totally. And and that stuff I've found doing that kind of stuff. As much as much of not a stand-up paddle fan I am, because uh, I did it in the it like paddle
1: you and you just like lay down and no, make her paddle you. No, no, no.
0: That is that is false. I, I don't know. I think that it's, we it's we gotta true. go back okay, in it, the archives. It's, par- and... it's partly true, <laughs> not entirely true. Um, as much as that stuff's not my favorite thing to do, w- when you do that stuff, it makes you really happy that you work hard and stay in shape at home. It's it's fun to go do active stuff like riding bikes around California. Right. It just, you feel active and you feel healthy and good and it makes you happy that you live this way and do this stuff. So, uh, absolutely do that kind of stuff for us in Florida, the making the best of it. What it meant for us was basically the realization that, Hey, we're in Florida. It's a tropical place. They have tons of really good fruit that's in season right now that we can't get at home. Uh, I don't know why we can't get the apple bananas at home, but you can't because they come from Columbia. They should be here. They're not, (laughs) but they have tons of really good stuff. And we said, okay, like, we can't do our normal way of eating here. And by the way, when we were at Sig and Evelise's house, uh, a food pharmacy, they had plenty of good vegan food. So two of the days, we we ate like kings and queens and princes and princesses because they just made wonderful stuff. She's a great cook and wonderful vegan vacation then. But the rest of the time, we said, you know what? We can't do our normal eating. So let's let's do like the fruitarian thing. Let's get all this really good fruit. That's why I mentioned going to those fruit markets. That's why we were so particular about finding a fruit market that was good because we wanted to get tons of stuff and they had cantaloupe that was in season, they had watermelon, all the citrus and everything of course that Florida's known for. Um and I don't know how much of this stuff was in season one. It's just it's available in the fruit markets and it's not here. So we did that and it was wonderful. We got to try these these different fruits. We got to experience grapes and it, it just it was it ended up being a really nice thing. And and again one of those things where when you're eating that way Even though it's not the typical thing you do at home, even though it's, you know, arguably not as healthy as what you do at home because you don't maybe have all these different parts of your routine that that if you've kind of carefully designed your routine are there for a reason. But, you know, it feels really good just to, in the same way that it feels good to ride bikes around California because you're in shape to do so, it feels good to just eat a ton of fruit and, and, you know, be in this warm weather, feel like you're eating raw stuff for, you know, 80, 90% of your calories. And know that when you get back home, you're going to go back to your normal thing. But it's like a really nice kind of little break, almost like a cleanse. I mean, you're, you're doing something that is that is fun and feels good, and it's different and it's variety. So, uh, yeah, that that's the final one. Make the best of it. Wherever whatever's disrupting your routine is probably bringing with it something that that you can now use to to make make it different. Just have some variety in your routine. And uh, and hopefully, kind of be be re inspired. That's what this did. Eating the fruit that way just re inspired me about eating healthily, eating raw, fresh fruits, raw fresh. Whoa, sounds like I'm inventing a grapele there with the word fruit. <laughs> is is a, a fruit food? <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, raw fresh foods. There you go. So anyway, that's uh that's what we did. That's the three steps. Anticipate what what's going to throw off your habits. Number two, be flexible, but don't do nothing. And number three make the best of whatever the situation is that's making it more difficult for you to do your habit. Anything to add there, Doug? No, I think that about covers it. We have nothing. Okay, then I am going to add one more plug for the two live events that I am doing in June, both of them three to four days in duration. One is the Remedy Food Project. It's in Toronto. If you go to remedyfood.org, you will see all the speakers and all the stuff that's going on. Uh, Apparently, it's a wonderful time of year to visit Toronto, and again, when you sign up, use my code NOMEATATHLETE, and you will save a fat 20%, and email me and let me know that you did, and I will send you the wake-up bonus and whatever videos of the talks you're going to have access to, Uh, and let you know about what I'm doing with the NOMEATATHLETE Toronto running group while we're there. Number two, uh, the Stanford Inn Vegan Running Retreat with Sid Garza-Hillman. Go to stanfordinn.com, or just Google Stanford Inn Vegan Running Retreats and you will find it. uh, Also, let them know you were referred by No Athlete. You're a podcast listener, and you will get 10% off that four-day thing filled with runs and yoga and breakfast and dinners and all kinds of good stuff. So that's it. Thanks for listening. We will be back soon, and pretty soon we're going to have Sid sit on here, as I've teased a few times now because it keeps getting pushed back. One of
1: our favorite guests. He
0: he is, and he's one of our listeners' favorite guests too. He doesn't take showers a lot, (laughs) uh, which for some reason has made his episode one of our most popular ever. Uh, uses... I think I think because we put that in the title, that's something about why we shouldn't take showers, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that one has just blown up. So, I'm taking that as a sign that people like like Sid and dirty people. What were what you going to say? Because he uses what? And he uses a grounding blanket, right? <laughs> he uses grounding blankets. He <laughs> does sheets. he does rebounding for exercise sometimes, which is the uh, the new age word for trampolining. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he's a crazy guy, but he he has some good ideas. Has, I, I, yeah. I love his book. Uh, approaching the natural okay it's such a good little handbook of health
1: he also makes really funny videos on youtube yeah he does his <laughs> videos are good go... I, I didn't watch most of them until very recently and now i watch it every time someone new a new one comes out very good very funny
0: <laughs> yeah okay he there's a bunch of them and we could just go through list. but i have you seen his big freaking salad one <laughs> 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 so he makes this normal size salad <laughs> And then and then makes fun of it and says how little it is. And then he gets out this giant bowl and assembles his salad. Like a,
1: like a mixing bowl. Yeah, huge like a huge giant. big
0: mixing bowl. Dumps all this lettuce. How many heads of lettuce go in? I don't know. And then just starts eating out of it. And he says, you know what I do with that little salad? And he just turns it over and <laughs> dumps it on top. And it's this tiny little, little clump of stuff on top of this big giant salad. Uh, that's a good one. And there are many more. So look up Sid Garza Hillman on YouTube and you will you will be entertained. Indeed. Okay. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.